Well, having gone through a full day of being here, perhaps the mantra that Christopher mentioned before popped up in your mind more than a few times. What am I doing here? There are a number of people who are um, new to this this experience, uh, and even if you're not new to the experience, uh, it's it's a good question. There's so much pain uh, often in the body, <clears throat> discomfort in the mind, emotions coming up and doubts. On the first day, whether you're new or old, that it takes looking into just to remind ourselves what the purpose is that that we're here for. And so tonight I want to talk a bit about just what we're cultivating here, the essence of the practice, and what good it does. It does good. It does. Perhaps you were interested in meditation and wanted to try this particular path and had some ideas of of what might be happening. Meditation sounds very um, serene, calming, peaceful. This is not the kind of trip that's geared towards bliss or serenity, especially on the the first the first day, although those things sometimes happen. <clears throat> when I first got involved in this this practice, um, confusion and uh, all sorts of questions came up about meditation in general, because <clears throat> I had tried a few different things uh, and was kind of um, confused about what the purpose of, of meditation was. When I got into this practice after a short time, I started seeing not only the way this practice works, but the common themes that meditation, all different kinds of techniques have. In, have. And it seems like one common denominator is that they get through the thinking mind, through the mind that's always lost in chatter. And there are different kinds of ways to get through that mind that's lost in projections and and fears and and doubts and desires one category of meditation techniques has to do with calming the mind down focusing it on one particular object whether it's a sound a mantra or a visualization an energy center in the body, and it can be very stilling and, and peaceful and even lead to, to powers and, and bliss. The problem is, though, that after the mind lets go of that object, the whole show is back again, and it can be frustrating 
to want to keep on going for that that peace and bliss and then come out and see that there's still chaos and confusion and fears when you come back into the real world. Another mainstream of meditation has to do with moment-to-moment focusing the mind, moment-to-moment concentration, that is, on the present moment being the object. And that's what this practice is geared to. Instead of fixing the mind on a particular object, we're going in the direction of being present for all different experiences. Today we're focusing the mind on the breath just as a way to gather, to collect the mind. But as you'll see during the course of the weekend and the longer retreat, it's to allow all different experiences, whether they're their body sensations or sounds or thoughts or feelings, allow whatever it is that's most predominant in this moment to be the object. And in that kind of meditation technique, there's not a dependence on an external situation of keeping it all together in order for there to be some balance of mind, some some focus and some peace. This practice of insight meditation is this moment-to-moment concentration and the, the essence of the practice comes down to this quality of paying attention, of bare attention to the moment. And it's not so easy. You know, people probably have been telling you throughout your life, pay attention, pay attention. It's not so easy to do. Here's a simple object. Just pay attention to the breath. How many times were you able to do it today? (coughs) How many times did you find that you were lost in either sleep or restlessness or aversion or fear or doubt? It takes a lot of training, and that's why this is called meditation practice. There's some qualities, some aspects of bare attention that I'd like to um, discuss with you so you see just different ways that the practice works. One aspect is just seeing things the way they are instead of how we like them to be. You go down to sit and you see that instead of crystal clarity, there's spaciness and restlessness and thoughts and feelings. And instead of wanting things to be different, the quality of bare attention allows for all that to be just the way it is. Okay, here's sleepiness. That's what's happening. Here's restlessness. 
Here's fear or anger, not covering it up. You know, when people say, how are you? Usually we say, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. But there might be a lot of other things going on that we're not so in touch with or care to, to face. Well, this practice is changing that automatic response of either covering things up or dismissing them, hoping they'll go away, to really seeing what's here and letting it be okay, that it's just the way it is. The second aspect is learning to be here in the present moment. A lot of the times, as you might have seen today, there are thoughts of the past or thoughts of the future. And it's not so often that we're here right here in the present. Even out in the world, for pleasurable experiences, how many of the times that we're, that we're going through them are we present for them? A great meal, for instance. There you are sitting down for the meal that you might have looked forward to for for the past 24 hours. And as soon as we sit down, often we're lost in either conversation or what the next thing to do is after or what we've done during the day. And it's not so easy to be here for the pleasant experience or even a good movie. Unless it's a very absorbing movie, Often we're thinking about other things coming in and going on. And every now and then when it's really, really powerful, somebody turns on the lights at the end and you realize, oh, I'm sitting in a movie theater. Well, this quality of settling back into the present moment is what we're cultivating here. So that's the second aspect, seeing things as they are, being here in the present moment. A third aspect of this, this practice, as you start to look at your present moment's experience, something that becomes clear pretty early on is moment after moment, your experience is constantly changing. If there's a moment of clarity, it doesn't last so long, as you might have found. Sleepiness in one moment changes to restlessness, often on the first day, and vice versa. Thoughts, followed by sensations, followed by emotions, followed by the breath. Moment after moment, your experience is changing. And that's a very powerful understanding as we get more and more in touch with its ramifications, which I'll go into in in a little while. So that's the third aspect, seeing that moment after moment your experience is changing. One last quality of bare attention bare attention is a quality of not judging your experience. You can be fairly perceptive, but 
have a comment on how things should be. I used to think I was a fairly perceptive person. I was a psych major and kind of scoped out people and when, I, when I'd see them. When I got involved with this practice, saw the power of awareness without the judging part. One day it clicked in my mind that awareness with the judging, which is what I've been doing most of my life, is just self-consciousness. There's all that fear and paranoia and seeing how things are, how people are receiving you and that sense of separation that we have with others. And that the awareness without that judging element is just consciousness. There's a big difference between self-consciousness and consciousness. That's what we're practicing doing here now. When you're sitting and you're aware that there's restlessness in the mind, Can you be aware without the judgment that it's here? Because that's the way things are. And if things are happening a certain way, and there's not much you can do about it, you've got two choices. Either wishing that they were different, or allowing for them to be the way they are. And so that element of judging is just something extra that we add on to the experience. And this is deconditioning that strong habit of mind, noticing as the judgments come that they're extra and that they also are just part of this passing show of experience. Oh, there's a judging thought without necessarily beating yourself up for, for having the thought, just seeing, oh, that too is part of this process of mind and body. So seeing things as they are, being here in the present moment, noticing how one moment after another your process is constantly changing, and cultivating an awareness without the extra judgment. It's not so easy. <clears throat> it's very simple, but it's not so easy. We tend to complicate things. And so this is kind of deconditioning that tendency to complicate and just to be with the bare experience. Then the question might come, <clears throat> So, what's so good about that, being here in the present moment? I mean, it might be more interesting to be in another moment, in another dream. I mean, pain in the shoulder isn't particularly <coughs> groovy to hang out with. <coughs> there are a number of different benefits that come from this practice that become more and more obvious as you continue with the practice. One thing that happens as you see again and again how much experience is not in your control. And you're sitting here and trying to be with the breath and seeing all these various other things happening in your body and in your mind, thoughts and emotions. 
it starts to become clear that you really don't have much control over what's coming through the screen or what's coming through this body. It takes a while to get it, but when you start seeing things in that way, the truth becomes clear. You don't have much control over the mind and the body as things are unfolding. And in that awareness, there's a possibility of starting to let go of the illusion of control, of trying to keep it all together. It takes a lot of energy to keep it all together. And as you can let go of that control, you start freeing up that energy that's usually expended in concealing or puffing up or starting or trying to create a particular situation. And in that letting go of the control, there's a great ease and harmony with the process of what's happening. And when people say, well, what's so good about this meditation? People who haven't practiced and are just kind of curious on a, a very um, distant level. One thing that usually uh, can resonate with them is that you start to have the feeling you don't have to take your thoughts quite so seriously. Just imagine the quality of your life when you don't have to buy into each thought that comes up, each fear or anticipation or projection or grasping. They're just coming and going, coming and going. And this is cultivating that quality of not buying in or identifying with the different thoughts that come up. Seeing that thinking is just another process like breathing or feeling a sensation in the body. And so you start to let go of trying to keep all the thoughts together. And in that letting go of being on top of the thoughts, it's like you're stepping off the treadmill for a little while. Even though the treadmill seems like it's been going on perhaps non-stop, just sitting here, you come down to, you come to the sitting and sit, and you might go through a whole lot of thoughts, a whole lot of feelings, and a whole lot of emotions while you're trying to bring your awareness to the breath. And then at the end, the bell rings, or may all beings be happy and peaceful is said and here you are still right here not much has happened except all this stuff that seems to distract us from from what's what seems to be the important thing the breath And so it's kind of awareness that you don't have to keep running on the treadmill to keep it all together. The mind will do its thing, and you can just kind of take a break and just let it go on, let it go on, without getting so spun in trying to 
create a certain thing happening with it. As you're more in touch with the actuality of the body and the mind unfolding, you can start to make friends with all those different aspects of your mind and body and who you are in a whole different way than is normally cultivated out in the world. This is a kind of laboratory that we have here this mind, this body, this situation, to just discover what it's like, what it means to have a mind and a body. It's not different, it's not a different given than we have out in the world, but this is just a protective environment to let us explore these different aspects of who we are in a way that's not being distracted by other input. And as we start to tune in to our own process, we start seeing not just my mind, but understanding more the nature of the mind, of the human mind that we all share. And the more you can start to understand your own mind, the more the easier it is to see how people get caught in their own belief systems, in their own uh, thoughts and emotions. And so the chance for real compassion arises. And so you start to make friends with all those different tapes and aspects of of yourself that you're not usually willing to look at because there's an allowing, there's a permission for them to be there so you can explore. I have the image of being like Sherlock Holmes with a private investigator magnifying glass. Just looking all the different parts of of who we are (coughs) and letting them be okay that they're the way they are. Because in the moment that your experience is okay, you're not engaged in resisting it. And it's that resistance to experience that just gives it life, that just feeds it, that just makes it more difficult to deal with. So that's another aspect of of how this practice works, making friends with your mind, letting go of the control, not taking your thoughts quite so seriously, stepping off the treadmill. And there are some other aspects of reality that become clearer and clearer. As I said, when you see the present moment, you see that your your experience is constantly changing. And so the reality of impermanence starts to become obvious. There's no experience that you can have, no mind state, no physical experience, no emotional state that is going to last. None. 
as long as you are here on the physical plane. We keep on getting fooled into thinking that somehow when we arrive at a pleasant experience, we can somehow fix it or hold it or keep it here so that our life will be happy. And most people go through life thinking that if they can fix their experience, hold it into the pleasant side of things, that that's what happiness is about. And so it's easy to get lost in putting the rushes close enough together so that you don't have to look at the downside of things. But it doesn't work because everything is constantly changing. In fact, it's that wanting to fix experience, wanting to reach out and hold on to experience when it's pleasant, that just creates more suffering. There's a certain inherent unsatisfactoriness of experience because there's no thing that's going to be providing lasting happiness. And that might seem kind of a, an unpleasant thought to, to contemplate, but actually it's a thought that leads to real freedom. Because when you see that there's nothing that's going to last, this reaching out, this toppling forward and uh, grasping becomes clearly seen as one of the major sources of suffering. This feeling of incompleteness and looking forward to the next hit that's going to possibly provide a moment's peace is in itself a source of suffering. Because in that moment, what's happening now isn't enough. And there's never going to be a moment where it is enough because whatever it is that happens is going to change. And there you are left in the same predicament. And so, with the, with the understanding of impermanence and this seeing that there is inherent in experience an un unsatisfactory quality, there starts to be a loosening of the grip of trying to set up your life a certain way to avoid the pain. Okay, what does that leave us with? a pain in the shoulder, a pain in the mind. <clears throat> There's the other side of the process where when there's pain, <clears throat> instead of recoiling from it, there's a willingness to open up to it and explore it and get some understanding into our reactions to the difficult as they come. If you're having a very difficult mind state, say, anger, and you try your darndest to get rid of it, 
It's not so easy to get rid of it that way. Get away. I'm tired of being angry already. And then you start getting angry that the anger is there. There's no end to it. Because in that very resistance, we're feeding it energy. We're just giving that that difficult emotion life. Or we have a pain in the shoulder. There you are sitting. And there's that pain. What are the choices? Wishing it weren't here and getting discouraged and fighting and getting confused and getting full of doubt. That doesn't help much. That just heaps on a whole lot more suffering onto the experience in that resistance to it. Another aspect or another way of approaching it is seeing this is what's happening now. This is the reality of my experience. A knot in my shoulder. Now, can I let that be okay too? Not only tolerating it, but embracing it and exploring it, being aware of the sensations behind the experience and also our relationship to it. Christopher talked a little bit about relationship earlier in the retreat. It doesn't really matter what's happening in your experience. And this is not so easy for people to to get when they're first starting the practice. It doesn't matter what's happening, whether it's an ache in the body or a pain in the mind or bliss or clarity. It doesn't really matter what's happening. The key is how you're relating to what's happening. Your relationship to your experience, that's where there's some possibility of a new approach to to the present moment. This was reading somebody's comments on the Buddhist path, saying that the real miracle that this path has to offer is a change of heart. <coughs> Not that your external circumstances will be will be different or guaranteed, but the way you can relate to them the way you can open up and allow for life to be just as it is unfolding, then you're not fighting the process. You're not in conflict with what's happening. But you're here to open up and understand what's going on. As evening descends, it's darker and darker. ...to the pleasant, and also not getting so caught in resisting the unpleasant, it allows for the natural unfolding to occur. And we're here to observe and discover what's happening. And so there... There's the possibility of feeling a balance whether things are pleasant or unpleasant, cultivating a certain kind of balance with the highs and the lows. 
that's not dependent on the externals. And that's what real peace is. Not getting to a particular state of mind that feels delicious, that's just going to go away, but learning to be open to any particular state of mind and state in the body so that your peace isn't dependent on something other than what's going on right now. And that takes practice. And as we're looking at the this unfolding of mind stuff and body stuff, just in the observation and in the investigation, and we see that it's really it really isn't under our the illusion of our control, we start seeing that we're not really who we think we are or thought we were. Some person, some image of who we held ourselves to be that we like to present our to the world as being. But we start to have the solidity of that image dissolve as we investigate more and more what it is that makes up our being. There is this unfolding of thoughts and feelings and emotions and this unfolding of body sensations through the different sense doors that's just happening one moment after another. And in that observing of that unfolding, all the concepts of this sense of self, the sense of, of image, starts to dissolve because we start seeing that this being is just a process. It's not a thing so much as a process of unfolding. One image that I find useful is instead of thinking of myself as a noun, to think of myself as a verb. And in that seeing the movement instead of the fixed concept that we get locked into, there's the allowance for us to be in harmony with the process and not have to protect so much, not have to concern ourselves with all the extra stuff that is run on fears and projections. And in that, there's a great coming to rest and coming to to balance. So, different aspects of bare attention, seeing things the way they are, being here in the present, noticing how your experience is changing one moment after another and nothing can be held on to, with that quality of mind that doesn't judge your experience. That's what we're practicing here. So that we can be 
more open to life as it is presenting itself to us. And we can step off the treadmill in the mind and not be so caught up in our thoughts and our fears and our projections. Be more balanced behind the highs and the lows as they as they come. Seeing how things are changing and seeing that there's nothing out there that's going to give us happiness. That peace and balance of mind is right here in this moment. Here's the, the gift of this moment and how we relate to it is is really up to us in in each moment. So as you continue the practice and the various experiences, difficult or pleasant, start happening or continue to happen, just keep in mind how you're relating to the experience. Can you give it permission to be here? Where is the lesson to be learned from from this one? New limits to explore in your body, in your mind, and in your relationship to experience. New areas to discover. It's really a process of discovery of what it is to be alive. So, in a few minutes left, we can uh, perhaps have some time for discussion or questions, <coughs> either from from the talk or things going on today. When I say nothing is satisfactory, that's not to say that things are unpleasant. That there are pleasant experiences throughout throughout one's life. There are pleasant experiences. The unsatisfactoriness comes in the fact that it's going to end. And so if you try to fix it, try to hold on to it, that's where the suffering is. When you're right here in the moment, it is already complete whether you're sitting or eating a meal or being present for an enjoyable movie or concert or concert or or book it's just that grasping for more or trying to hold on to experience that creates the suffering and so it's just settling back into the moment and allowing for things to be the way they are that's where there's a, a completion is that There might be something else that I'm missing. No, just some, sometimes, uh, sometimes there's 
same feeling of just, it's complete. That's complete. That this moment is enough. That's all that's needed. But what happens the next moment when the completion or the, the experience of a feeling whole is gone, then to look at how the mind might grasp, oh, if it was only like it was five minutes ago when it felt complete. Then we've again taken ourselves out of the moment and trying to, to recapture something or go for something. And again, the, the suffering comes in. In one sense, they're both the real world, and in another sense, neither is the real world. And I think as far as, as far as the way I relate to practice, there's not much difference. There's a certain kind of environment set up so that here we can see more clearly, we can cultivate a kind of concentration that allows us to understand this body and mind, but it's the same body and mind that we have outside in the world, in the in the other kind of world. I think I'm thinking of more what's in my body and my consciousness of the actual events or the conditions that occur there. I'm not sure I, I follow. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm trying to ask. You know, uh, you, know you go out there and you get this, this philosophy of mater- very, being very materialistic. Mm-hmm. You come here and you get this seemingly opposite point. And either life can be lived. So I guess I'm asking... No, there's no answer to it, but I guess I'm asking, you know, which is more important or which is Uh more uh, uh, applicable or or whatever. What we're doing here (coughs) is investigating the true nature of things so that we can live out there with a little bit more understanding and compassion and less greed, hatred, and delusion. So this is a practice environment so that we can live skillfully out in the world. 
unless you're devoting your life to being a monk, you know, and are, which is a fine, fine way to to live and go in deeper and cultivate some peace and and understanding. Uh, but for most of us, that's not that's not the way we're choosing to live our lives. And it seems that there's a lot to be done out there in the world with so much suffering. And that people are mainly going about their lives in a way that's creating more suffering. So this is just bringing an attitude out into that world that will hopefully turn that tendency around so that we can live more skillfully outside there. As it, I, I kind of view this as a laboratory setting so that we can start training our responses and our, our mind and our reactions so that we're not so thrown by the grasping and the aversion and can lead a life of more balance out there. So we respond skillfully to situations that need response instead of acting out of grasping or fear so that there will be less suffering out there in the world for ourselves and, and other people we touch. Did everybody hear the question? She said that if the if the event um, is creating suffering, how do we disassociate ourselves from uh, from it so that we have a different relationship to it? It's not a matter of disassociating. It's a matter of just seeing clearly what the event is and what our response is to it. And if there's, if there's an unpleasant situation and there's aversion, it's noticing the, the aversion and just seeing, oh, that's what's happening. It's not like you, you need to change the event, but just observing your reaction to it, your relationship to it, and seeing how that in itself leads to more resistance and suffering. And then it, it becomes more clear that when you do this, when you resist in that way, out of fear, that that's just getting, a, getting you caught up more in the, in the cycle. And so there it is an opportunity to explore the nature of fear, to feel it, feel it in your body, to feel it in your mind so you can understand that whole pattern of energy, that whole response. And whatever it is that triggered off that response, 
is just providing the, you the opportunity to see your reactions to, to difficult situations so you can understand it better and not get so lost in the, in the experience. The awareness itself is the cleanser, is the purifier. It's not like you're trying to make any particular thing happen, but in the awareness, you start to see what actions lead to more suffering and what actions lead to more, to more peace and, and clarity. And then you start cleaning up your act from the inside. Because, oh, this is what happens when I do it this way. It doesn't feel so good. I might do it a different way. Okay. Um, it's about time for a walking period. <coughs> During the rest of the the evening, when you're doing the walking and doing the sitting, see if you can bring this quality of just bare attention to the experience. And as you notice the different ways that the judging mind comes in, or the tendency to try to change things from the way they are, just notice that. Notice it with compassion. Notice it with a real patience, a real gentleness, a soft awareness, so that you're not beating yourself up again for those old tendencies. Just to start to understand the way we stick ourselves into more confusion. If you can try to bring a very soft and gentle awareness to your experience, it really goes a long way in creating a space that allows things to be the way they are. And so when you do the walking tonight, see if you can bring a baby's awareness, just a soft awareness, discovering what it means to walk, discovering what it means if there's a response to how things are going, seeing the different mind states in a very gentle way. And as best you can, bring yourself back just to the bare experience. With the sitting, when you see yourself getting lost, no judgment, as best you can, bring yourself back just to the breath, just to simplify things. Okay, thank you.